Welcome to Positively Dad. Thanks for joining us. My name is James Shaw. I am your host. I'm a dad. My wife, Terry, and I have a uh, second grade daughter named Naomi, and I'm excited that you have joined us today to listen to our podcast. We do two podcasts every single week. We do one on Monday that where I talk to an expert about something that's going to help us grow to become just better you know, partners or people or parents. And so go check those out. And then every Thursday, I do one of these. This is what I call a dad talk episode. I just find dads to talk to so that, again, we can learn from them, get some perspective from them, and hopefully learn something that's going to, again, help us grow as a parent or as a partner or a person. And I get a lot out of these episodes, and I trust that you do as well. And uh, today, we're going to talk to a, a dad named Joel Clausen. Now, Joel reached out to me after listening to some episodes and said, hey, he was getting so much from hearing from these dads and learning so much from them. And, and then he shared a little bit of his story with me, and I asked him to jump on and do a podcast with us. Joel and his wife experienced something that no parent wants to experience, and that is a loss of a child. They had two kids. They have a three-year-old son, and then they had their baby, who they found out shortly after their youngest son was born, his name is Bryce, that he had a condition that had no cure. And they were only going to have a few months with him. In fact, they had only five months from after finding out about Bryce's illness until the day that Bryce died. And when Joel told me the story, I asked him if he would be willing to come on and share that story with us. It's been almost exactly one year since his son died. And I asked if he'd be willing to share. And he said, yes. In fact, he and his family have been sharing the story with, with people all over the place. They live in Indianapolis, and, and it got the attention of the state legislature. The state legislature actually changed laws based on what they experienced so that other families hopefully don't have to experience what they did. And, and Joel will get into some of that with you. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to learn about the experience that he had with his youngest son, about how that impacted his relationship with his older son, how it impacted his relationship with his wife and the things he learned about being a husband and being a parent during those times. And I think you're going to learn a lot from him. So let's jump in and talk to him. Joel, thanks so much for joining us on Positively Dad. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And I love talking to dads. And I think today we're going to learn a lot about something because your, your story is you know, one that's been a, probably a roller coaster over the last couple of years. And yet you've turned that into something to help other people. So Introduce our listeners to you and your story. Yeah, so my name is Joel Clausen. I'm um, 39 years old, and I live downtown Indianapolis, actually. And I've been married for five years. And my wife and I have a three-year-old at home, and we've got one in heaven. So, kind of a long story short, we we had our our three-year-old, you know, obviously three years ago, and pretty healthy baby, and great and fantastic. And then we had our other son Bryce two years later, and to make a very long story short, as most parents of uh, a couple of kids know, you, you kind of understand the process of how they grow and learn and things. And very early on in Bryce's life, we kind of started to notice some changes right away. And we knew that something just wasn't right. And unfortunately, Bryce was diagnosed with a terminal disease at nine months old, and uh, he passed away when he was 14 months old. Yeah. N not a story that any parent wants to experience. and you know, I'm so sorry that you and your wife had to experience it. And you guys, though, have kind of turned this story around to help people. Tell us about that. 
Yeah. So prior to, I'm in real estate now. And prior to that, I spent 17 years in television and uh, local television telling, you know, unfortunately, a lot of stories like this to where parents or people are dealt uh, a pretty crappy hand. And, you know, what I learned is that oftentimes when change happens or oftentimes when there's uh, something good that comes out of something bad is there's a face to it. And, you know, we were diagnosed, Bryce was diagnosed with his terminal disease. It's called Crab A disease. Uh, it's very rare. He was diagnosed on November 1st of 2018. And so, you know, that was a, that was a tough day. Our, our neurologist brought us into the, his office after hours, actually, which we, we kind of knew was, was going to be something bad because yeah. uh, there was no one else in the office. And unfortunately, he told us, your son has a neurological disease. It's terminal and there is no cure. And most likely he's going to die before his second birthday. I've got to ask you a question and pardon my interruption. Yeah. I just am curious, what's, what goes through your head when you hear that? Yeah. So, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know how it was. The one thing they told us not to do was Google anything, right. you know, yeah. and it's a good rule. Yeah. And because I'm, you know, a uh, licensed and trained doctor, which I'm not, I Googled everything. <laughs> and right. You know, we were really prepared. We thought the worst case scenario was he was going to have cerebral palsy. And so I had prepared myself for the week leading up to that, that he was going to tell us we, he had cerebral palsy. And honestly, and a lot of the stuff that, you know, I've kind of learned throughout my real estate career is, is mindset. And I had this mindset that, you know, that's a pretty tough thing. It's a pretty tough spill, pill to swallow. But what we were going to do is I was literally going to, he was going to say that to me and I was going to say, okay, what do we do next? Meaning, do I need to go get a van? Do I need to get a, a ranch home so he has a bedroom on a main floor so he can get around? I was prepared to do all those things to make sure my child had the best life possible. And so he went off script, you know, and he told us that. And I just wasn't prepared for that. And it was, I don't, I will tell you, it, it's much like a movie. You kind of black out for a few minutes. I know it mm -hmm. was, there was a lot of tears and we cried a lot. And then I just wasn't prepared to answer those questions or ask questions. Okay, what do we do next? It was just kind of like, I mean, what do we do? There is no cure. There's literally nothing we can do. And he basically sent us home and said, just make Bryce's life as comfortable as possible. And that's just, I mean, my wife and I had both drove, drove separate from our jobs to there. And it was so bad that I didn't know how we were going to get home. And we couldn't Uber because we, we had Bryce with us. I mean, I didn't know what we were going to do. I mean, we, it took everything for me to drive the eight miles home and just keep it between the ditches and get home. And then I do remember being in that office and I do remember holding Bryce and I remember handing him to my wife. And all I did was text her parents and my parents and said, we need you to come to Indianapolis immediately. I'll explain when you get here. And that was about 530 at night. And they both, they knew that we were getting the diagnosis. They didn't know what it was going to be. And they both just said, what's going on? And I said, just come and we'll talk to you when you get here. So as a parent, that's just, there's no manual and there's no book for what right. we've gone through and what we've done. And especially that day, there's, there's just no way to handle someone telling you that your son is going to, is going to die within, you know, at that time, within 15 months, probably. Right. And in Bryce's right. case, it was five months, you know, that he lived. Now you really took advantage of that five months. I mean, you guys were very purposeful about the time you spent with him. And I imagine as you reflect on that, that while you have sadness, it also brings you some joy as well to know some of the things you guys did. 
Yeah. And that's the important thing that we decided, you know, we went home, we told our parents and then we just kind of went off the grid, I guess, for a few days. I mean, just to kind of wrap our mind around what was going on. And then we put it out there on Facebook because so many people had wondered and what was going on. And I was really raw with everybody and I kind of explained what was going on. And we made a decision right then and there that Bryce's life was going to mean something. And we were really upset that there was nothing we could do. And our window for this disease is, is so short. You, when, once you show symptoms, it's too late. And by this point, Bryce had been, he showed symptoms at about four months now that we know, but really we didn't understand that anything was wrong with him until about six, seven months. We knew that something wasn't right. And so we were really upset that we missed our window. There is a very small window right after birth that they can do kind of some stem cells transplants and things like that. But really we, we missed our window because we didn't know. And the reason we didn't know is because they don't screen for crab A disease in Indiana. There's only 10 states that do. And Indiana is not one of them. And so we immediately thought this has to change because as a parent, this is the absolute worst thing that we could ever go through. And we want to make sure that no one else had to go through it and no other kid had to suffer. And so we told our story to the local news and within a day of, of kind of a commercial of what was going to be airing aired the, we had two or three politicians reaching out to the local news saying, what do we need to know about this family? And what do we need to know about this? And within days of our story airing, we were already, they were already drafting legislation for um, newborn screening in Indiana for crab A disease. And we still don't know. We believe it's the fastest bill in Indiana history, but Mm. in 33 days, we got a bill drafted and passed into legislation. And so starting in 2020, crab A disease will be screened for all Hoosier babies. And also we added Hurler syndrome and Pompe disease to the bill. So there's going to be a ton of children and a ton of families that are going to be saved from having to go through some of the stuff that we went through. And awesomely enough, they've renamed the bill Bryce's bill. So Bryce's yeah. bill in 2020 will save a lot of lives. That's amazing. And what a, a legacy that your your family and your son can leave for kids all over Indiana. Because you had told me that had your son been born in Ohio, you would have found out about this. And that's just across the border. Yeah. And, you know, there's been, and we've, we've really become advocates and we've, you know, I never, Bryce required so much care after he was diagnosed. I mean, around the clock care that, uh, you know, I became a, I became a nurse. I became a doctor. I became uh, a lot of stuff. One thing I never thought I'd become was an advocate for newborn screening or for testing or for a lot of the other stuff that we've really fought for. But understanding very quickly that Bryce was put on this earth for a reason, and we wanted to honor his his name and his legacy, and we wanted to make sure in the most bittersweet way possible that his name would always be attached to something better than he was diagnosed with a deadly disease and that took his life. We wanted yeah. people to remember him, and you know he's in heaven, he's crab a free now, and hopefully no one else will but the big thing is you lean on legislators because if bordering states are doing it, it's really easy to get a bill passed. Sure, um, right. So Indiana was surrounded by states, Illinois, Ohio, and Kentucky that that do this screening. And so had we been, you know, had we been traveling through one of those states and, and my wife went into labor there, you know, they would have caught it. So it just makes perfect sense to to screen for this disease. Yeah, I'm so sorry that 
you know, he's not with you. I know you would prefer to have him sitting with you on your lap right now yeah. than to, you know, have his name on a bill. And yet, uh, again, like I said, it's got to make you at least feel better that there, there is somebody starting January 1st whose life will be saved because of him. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's one of those things. I mean, I'm an organ donor and, you know, I thought that was important. And I see those so many of those stories to where, you know, a mom loses their child, but they get to hear their son's heartbeat and someone else. You know, it's kind of my my dream or my pipe dream, I guess, because of HIPAA laws is that we find somebody someday that, you know, was screened at birth and we get to meet that family that doesn't have to go through what my wife and I have to go through and our families had to go through. But, you know, it's been tough on us. But honestly, this disease is so terrible that we just don't want any other babies to go through it because it's a really, really nasty disease. So, you know, we're going through a lot. But Bryce was, I mean, Bryce battled that his whole whole life. And it's a pretty nasty disease. So these little babies don't need to go through this. And, and these families uh, like us are affected. And, and we really just want to make sure that no one else has to go through it. And I tell all these crab A screenings, these newborn screenings, that hopefully one day we'll put them out of business because... There won't be anybody else like us that needs the care for crab A disease or other diseases like that. Yeah, because we'll find them all early enough right. to help out these babies. Okay, so I want to shift it a little bit because you and your wife have a three-year-old son, mm-hmm. right? What's his name? Levi. Levi. And I imagine that in that time with Bryce, you you learned a lot about parenting and about being a dad that... You know, and I don't know if it changed any of the way that you, you know, raised Levi or how you spend time with him. I'm curious what you've learned about parenting over this time. You know, the one thing that my wife and I talk about a lot is once Bryce got diagnosed with his disease, he we had to have in-home nursing. So, I mean, I had to go back to work. Thankfully, I have I don't work a nine to five job and didn't have to clock in and out. So I was able to do a little bit more, but my wife had to go back. She carries the insurance. But when we got home, we were the nurse and Bryce required care. So one of us always had to be with Bryce. So the thing with Levi is, is that we feel so terrible because he was right in that age to where they're really learning a lot and they need, you know, they need their mom and dad. And we just missed out on so much with Levi because we had to care for Bryce so much. And you know, we're not trying to make up for it because we can't make up for lost time, but we certainly are spending a lot of more time with Levi. We try to just make sure he's taken care of because a lot of the time it was just, we just, we couldn't do it. One person had to cook or clean or do whatever. And the other person had to be with Bryce. So Levi really didn't get a lot of time. So what we learned is that, you know, making up for that time is, is not possible, but making sure that Levi knows he's loved and cared for um, because we got away from that, unfortunately. And we really have dove into making sure that Levi is, has our attention now. And, you know, it's, it's just tough to think back on all those months that we didn't do anything with Levi and you kind of kick yourself as a parent, but you, you do your best you can and, and you do what you have to do in the time. And, you know, I, I don't, I think kids are pretty tough. He knew that Bryce was sick and he used to say that all the time that are we going to the doctor because Bryce is sick and doctors make you better. And we would tell him, yeah, but you know, we'd go to doctors and he'd have to sit on a phone uh, and watch a video because we couldn't, we, you know, we really had to dive into what was going on with Bryce. But kids are tough. And, you know, he talks about Bryce a lot, but he also, you know, enjoys having mom and dad back. Yeah, I bet. And, you know, I say this all the time. None of us have a DeLorean, so we can't go back and do anything different. And in the moment, we're doing the best that we can, which is what you just said. We're always yeah. doing the absolute best we can. 
And, you know, we've had the co-author of The One Thing on, which I know you know that book, and uh, Jay Papsan did a podcast with us. And they talk about work-life balance and that. And sometimes you go extreme in your life, you know, you get out of balance because of exactly what you you guys experienced. So what are you supposed to do, right? I mean, you guys did the best you could. So what are you doing now to be purposeful with Levi so that, you know, you really do share the love with him that you guys have? I wanted to be a dad for so long and I was so excited when we had Levi and I, I really dove uh, headfirst into being a father. You know, I want, whether it was a boy or a girl, I wanted a friend that I could share some of the stuff that I loved in my life and then just to see him grow. And so, you know, we're really purposeful about now trying to ask him about his day, even at three years old, we're really trying to find out what he's into and what makes him tick and, you know, let him kind of lead those conversations and lead the games we play or what do you want to do today, buddy? And really, you know, he just says, let's do something fun. So we just want to do something fun with them. And he's, you know, he'll, we'll tell him what's going to be a surprise and he'll say, what's the surprise. And we'll say, you know, we don't, maybe we won't have a surprise, but we'll let him guess because then he can tell us what he really wants to do. Like that would be the greatest thing if we could do this and we'll go do that because we're really wanting him to become his own person because I tell this to people all the time when, when, uh, when you have your first kid, no one cares about you anymore. They only care about the kid and all you are is a vessel to get that baby to and from loved ones or (laughs) activities. And so right now I don't care what he wants to do. That's what I want to do because you know, he deserves that. And I want, I'm so excited to see the little person that he is right now and the young man he's going to become. I'm so excited to see what he wants to be and wants to do. Yeah. I'm curious about another aspect of this, and this is the partnership with you and your wife during this time, because you can hear that that can be challenging at times. And so I'm just curious about how did the two of you navigate your relationship, your partnership in this as you were going through you know, this experience? You know, I think that's, a, that's such a tough question. And we've, we've really got into this a lot right away is that you know, both of our parents spoke to us kind of separately without talking to each other, which is kind of ironic, is that both said something like this can tear marriage mm-hmm. apart. Mm-hmm. It's very common to have it's, that happen. It's very yeah. common. And what I'll tell you is I understand that uh, going through what we've gone through because you put all your effort into your child and making sure that they're taken care of. And then when you're not, you're trying to pick up the pieces of your life, which is work or you know, just seeing that friend you haven't seen for a while. And so your marriage gets put on the back burner. And you really, I mean, we've talked about this pretty openly is that her and I just basically became caregivers for our son because there just wasn't, there's not enough time. I mean, there's just, you, you know, there's 24 hours in everybody's day, but, you know, Bryce required 24 hour care and, and his feedings, we had to feed him through, he had a G tube through his stomach that we had to feed him and he had to eat every so often. And so, you know, one of us took late nights and one of us took early mornings. And so when you get into that, you do, you lose touch with each other. And, you know, that's a tough pill to swallow. But again, it goes back to, this is what you sign up for when you're a parent is to give your child a better life than you have. And you just do the necessary things and you just try to be as open. And we were, we were so open and raw with each other. And I, we've got a whole Facebook page of, of Bryce's, it's, it's Bryce's battle that we are pretty open and raw about what's going on in our life and what was happening. And we talk a lot about just losing ourselves and losing who we were 
because you're so lost. And I think people get lost and they're trying to find an answer. What I found, and you know, I'm a I'm a religious person. I found is that there is no answer, and if there is, I'm not going to find out until um, you know I get to heaven myself. Maybe I'll get an answer then. But you know, why we were chosen to be Bryce's parents and go through this, I'll never know. But we were, and we just did the best we could, and and we really just tried to pour our love into our children and Bryce especially, and. That is such a tough question. I mean, you do. I, I can't say that it wasn't something that happened in our relationship, but you just do what you got to do. And you know that you both love your child and this is why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. So I want to wrap up with these two questions because I feel like our our conversation can be a resource for parents who hear the news you heard. That, yeah. that when they hear that, they can come back and listen to this and learn from your experience. So what advice would you give parents who unfortunately are going to experience what you did. The one thing I'll say to everyone that's going through anything that I've gone through is find someone who has been through the situation you've been through. You know, I had a best friend who passed away in high school in a car accident and his parents were just like my parents and they've been through that. So that's someone else I could talk to about losing a child. But also Remembering your child or doing something for your child is so much better than asking why me. You know, getting the bill passed was was amazing and such bittersweet. But that's going to be something that I can celebrate for the rest of my life. Uh, we've also raised fifty thousand dollars for a room at Peyton Manning's Children's Hospital, and we're going to have that dedicated to Bryce's name in April. I think we're also doing a few other things to just really in his honor. And it's, we've learned through counseling to celebrate Bryce's life instead of memorializing it in the fact of like, don't get sad on anniversaries of things or don't get sad at holidays. You know, our grief counselor has told me to maybe Bryce gets his own tree this year for, for mm -hmm. Christmas. So we're going to have our tree and then we'll have a tree for Bryce. You know, the other thing is I'm a huge sports guy. I'm, I'm a bigger guy. I'm tough. I'm, uh, I have a beard, you know, but I'm, I'm a big softie when it comes to my kids. I think the one thing that was tough for me was going to counseling and um, admitting that I needed help. And my life has has changed since I started going. And I go about I go once every two weeks and you know just kind of spill my guts to a person who I pay to hear me cry. You know, mm -hmm. and yeah. it is. I mean, it, it's probably the best medicine that I could have right now is just letting someone listen and talk me through what I need to do and then give me pointers because they're the expert in that field. And, you know, I'm coming up on those holiday seasons. And so she's really been working me through what's going to go on in the next couple of months with us with Christmas and Thanksgiving and New Year's. And then Bryce's birthday's coming up here pretty soon as well. So mm -hmm. we've got some tough months ahead. And I'm so glad that I reached out and knew that I needed to get help with somebody because I had some pretty dark days and I just couldn't get out of that funk. So her to pull me up and, and let me sit on her couch and, and talk to her has been, you know, probably the, the best thing, but also finding a way to, to celebrate your child's life has been, you know, having a cause and having something to do and trying to help somebody else is such a better way than just saying, why me? Because I'll tell you, you're not going to find that answer. Yeah. Well, that's great advice. And so thank you for sharing it. And then the last question would be, what do you want dads to hear that aren't experiencing what you experienced? They got, their kids are with them. Their kids are healthy. They're good. What is it you want them to know? You know, one of the best advice, and I heard this at a medical symposium for Crab Bay that we, we attended is 
uh, there was a bunch of dads in the room that had lost a child. And one of the guys who'd been going for years said, hey, I want everyone's cell phone number, or I'm going to give everyone my cell phone number because you can call me day or night. And that was really great. But then it was really funny. There was a guy who only been coming for a little bit. He raised his hand and he said, I'll do you one better. I want every single one of your guys' phone numbers because I'm going to call you. Mm. Because it's so much harder to reach out than have someone to reach out for you. So what he was saying is, don't, don't just say to someone, hey, call me anytime because they're not going to call you. Because that's a really tough call to make at three in the morning. But if you call your buddy who's going through something or you call your friend or loved one who's going through something at four o'clock on a Wednesday or you know during the Colts game or whatever it is, if you call your buddy, they're going to answer because they want someone to talk to and they just need someone to listen to them for a few minutes. So I thought that was really powerful that the guy was like, I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to call you and I'm going to check on all you guys at least once a month, once every other week. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was amazing because it's a different way to think about it. You always say, let me know how I can help. But really, when we're in a situation like I was in, I didn't know what I needed, but I really just needed somebody. Well, and you probably didn't want to talk. I mean, we, we did an episode on this about grief and the, yep. the psychologist I talked to says, you know, it's really common for people just to shut down which is part of the process, by the way. Sometimes you allow them yeah. to do that. And th- at the end of the day, though, just to check in and see how people are doing is really helpful. I've had so many people do that to me. And, and, I'm, and now I'm starting that in my life. I'm starting to reach out to people who I know are going through and stuff and just saying, hey, man, thinking about you today or you know, drove by this and it reminded me of you guys. Hope you're well. Just to let them know that I'm thinking about them and know that they're not going through it alone. It's great stuff. And quite frankly, we could all do that. I mean, we all have ups and downs as parents and partners and and just as people in general, we can always reach out. Someone's going through something right now and it might not be you, but someone's going through something and they need somebody. Yeah. Joel, you've helped us out so much. Thank you for sharing the story. I'm curious, how can people, you know, learn more or connect with you if they'd like to? Yeah. So if you want to find us, hashtag Bryce's battle on Facebook, that tells our entire story. It also gives links to the way people can help. Right now, we're wrapping up our $50,000 fundraiser for Peyton Manning's Children's Hospital, have a room dedicated, collected 4 million tabs for Ronald McDonald Foundation. So we kind of stopped that. But we're going to continue to do things. And we're going to continue to post links on people and how they can help because there are other families out there who are going through stuff. And some of the things that we've gone through, some people have helped us. We're trying to give back to them. Quinn Madeline Foundation is a good one that we that sent us on a vacation, kind of like Make-A-Wish. So, you know... Find us on Facebook at hashtag Bryce's Battle, and it tells our entire story from start to now. And if you want to get really raw, there's some really raw stuff on there because I tell it all and kind of what we're going through. And, you know, I really hope that someone, you know, watches this and joins our page and, you know, reaches out because they want someone they can talk to. And I will tell you, I'm that person because I don't have all the answers, but I've been through a lot. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing a lot of that with us. And we'll share... Facebook page on ours as well. So if people are looking for it, they can find it on ours. Joel, thanks so much. I appreciate you a lot. Yeah. Thanks, James. I appreciate it. Absolutely amazing stuff, Joel. Thank you so much for sharing that with everybody and just walking us through what you and your family experienced. I think we can all learn a lot from that. You know, if you are going through some type of grief like that, or you know someone who is, Joel gave some some tips on how to handle that, quite frankly. I hope that you don't have to, and yet you learn some stuff about parenting from him as well, about what's important and how to cherish those times that you have together. Now, if you are interested in learning more about their journey, we're going to post a link to the Bryce's Battle Facebook page 
on our Facebook. So you'll be able to find it on there. And if you just go and type Bryce's Battle in Google, I'm telling you all sorts of stuff will come up. Experiences that, that, they, that they were able to do with him. The Indianapolis Colts got involved, what the state legislature did in Indiana. And so you can just go and learn from that journey. And I know that Joel would be real happy to hear from you. So if you do go on the Facebook page, send him a note, a little bit of gratitude, and thanks for sharing his story. I trust you got value out of today. If you did, would you share it with somebody? Maybe you know somebody that needs to hear this message. Would you share it with them? And then you can support us too by liking us on our Facebook, Instagram, and, and, and Twitter pages, leaving a review or, or, or giving us you know five stars, whatever you feel is appropriate. And then we'd love to connect with you too. I found out about Joel's story because he reached out to me and I'm so thankful that he did. So if you know someone or maybe you yourself would like to be on an upcoming episode, send me an email, james at positivelydad.com and I'd absolutely love to connect with you. I want to thank Joel for sharing his story. I want to thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next time on Positively Dad. Bye-bye.